0: amen so today we're talking about experiences and I'm gonna use Peter as our case study here and uh, I should have started preaching 17 minutes ago so y'all pray that God helps me but how many people know this is God's service amen you know many times people say we're coming to church we want to host God's presence and the pastor is hosting God's presence I can't host God's presence He's hosting us because this is his house. This is his house. So whatever he does, we follow. He says, let's let's just be silent. We go silent. Worship some more. We worship some more. How many people know this is God's service? Somebody say amen. Experiences. Right from the beginning, please write this down. Great leaders know how to leverage their experiences, both positive and negative, to lead exceptionally. Great leaders know how to leverage their experiences, both positive and negative, to lead exceptionally. How many people have gone through some good things in their life in this place? One, just about four people have gone through some good things in this place. We're gonna to preach today. <laughs> how many people have gone through some terrible things in their lives? Man, everybody's hand is up. <laughs> Please write this down. Great leaders save their future by learning from their past. Great leaders save their future by learning from their past. Let's jump into number one. I'll see how much I can squeeze from this with the time I have. But here's the first thing, great leaders learn from the good experiences they've had in their lives. Great leaders learn from the good experiences they've had in their lives. Impact, when I said how many people have gone through some good things in their lives, very few hands went up. When I said how many people have gone through some bad stuff in their hands, ooh, that's me. Many hands went went up. And this is why, most of us Our eyes are open to the bad things that happen to us more than the good things that happen to us. I can dare say 80% of the people in this room are more aware of the bad in their life than the good in their life. Because most of us have been raised that way. If you're gonna be a good leader, you have to be aware of the good that's happening around you. You have to be aware of the good experiences that have happened in your life. And this is why, many people experience good things by chance. Let me say that again, that is powerful. Many people experience good things. In other words, the good things they're experiencing in their family and in their life, they don't know how those good things got there. And because they don't know how it got there, they don't know how to sustain it. You cannot sustain the good you're not aware of. (laughs) And so in order to be a great leader, you have to be aware of the good things in your life so that you can perpetuate those good things and sustain them. But if you're not aware of those good things... If you're more aware of bad things, the Bible says, as a man thinks, so he is. You wanna know how you're gonna look like 10 years from now? You're gonna look like the sum total of your thoughts. So are you thinking about good things or bad things? A lot of people are aware of the bad things that happen. In Matthew 16, I love Peter. I love Peter because he is a guy who made so many mistakes, so many bad things happened to him, so many bad things happened in his life. When Jesus met him, he was filing for bankruptcy, he was losing his business, his fishing business. He was washing his nets, he was giving up. And then one day he tried to walk on water like Jesus and he sunk, he was sinking. He had to cry like a baby and everybody watched it happen. And then one day he decided to rebuke Jesus. How many people know it's not a good idea to rebuke the person who created the universe? And he got reprimanded publicly. Jesus called him a devil. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. And then one day Peter got so angry that he took somebody's ear off. I want to make a movie. And I just wanna do, I just wanna make a movie and I wanna just focus on the part where Peter gets angry and takes somebody's ear off. And Jesus is saying to Peter, Peter, uh, pick up the ear, return the ear, Peter, be a good kid. Take the ear, put the ear back where it belongs. (laughs) This guy just kept messing up, mistake after mistake. One day Jesus begins to speak, Matthew chapter 16. Jesus came into the country of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his followers, who do people say that I, the son of man, am? They said, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. And others say Jeremiah or one of the early preachers. He said to them, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said, You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Jesus said to him, Simon, son of Jonah, you are happy because you did not learn this from man. My Father in heaven has shown you this. So Jesus is asking them, Who do people say that I am? And some said, You're John the Baptist. Some said, You're Elijah. Some said, You're Jeremiah. And Peter says, You are the Messiah. Somebody shout Messiah. And Jesus says to him, flesh and blood has not told you this. You've received a revelation. I want you to know this. It takes a revelation to know the good things that are happening in your life. This is not John the Baptist. This is not Elijah. Elijah is good but he's okay. He was a man of so many weaknesses. This is Messiah. This is the savior. This is Emmanuel, God with us. God is in their midst and they have no idea. They're thinking about Elijah when God himself is in their midst. And I can't tell you how many people have good things happening in their lives and they're just not aware of them, not aware. And I pray that God would open your eyes to the good things that are happening in your life in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. You cannot be a great leader if all you see is negative things. You have to have a revelation of the good things, how they got there, and how you can sustain them. What's good in your family? Because great leaders know this. You build tomorrow based on yesterday's goodness. If a great CEO comes into a company, they don't ask for the problems first, they ask for the good things first because they know that they can fix a lot of problems by just sustaining the good that's already there. An average CEO comes and says, what are the problems, I wanna fix the stuff, tell me all the problems. A A good CEO, an extraordinary CEO comes and says, tell me the good things that we already have so that we can take inventory of those good things, so we can sustain them. Somebody shout hallelujah. Oh come on, somebody's in this place and you have a spirit of heaviness. I want you to know that the revelation of God's goodness excites you, it gives you strength. King Jehoshaphat is surrounded by three armies, and he began to sing a song. And the song was, the Lord is good and his mercies endureth forever. But King Jehoshaphat, you're about to be crushed by three armies. You're about to be killed. For the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. But listen, you're surrounded by all these armies. They're about to destroy you. They're about to kill you. You're under pressure right now. Everything is going crazy. All hell is breaking loose. For the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. But Pastor Zenzo, all kinds of things are happening around you. How are you going to deal with this situation? For the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. But you're going through a marriage problem. Your kids are acting crazy. Your career is going down. What are you going to do about this? For the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. Come on. I know it's a 1230 service, but I need a few old school Pentecostal people in this place that know how to worship God at the mountaintop and also know how to worship God in the valley their worship does not only happen when they are on the mountaintop for the Lord is good and his mercies endureth forever somebody shout hallelujah right now in the 1040 window in the Arab nations in the 1040 window they cannot come to church and worship God they get killed for worshiping God but they worship God anyway Come on, we are breaking this convenient Christianity in America for the Lord is good. We will worship him at all times because he's God all by himself come on i'm not talking about president george bush or obama i'm talking about god come on i'm not talking about oprah winfrey i'm talking about jesus i'm talking about the one who walks on the water i'm talking about the one who gives strength to moses to split the seas he is good come on he's done something good in your life if you can count if you can look well if god can give you a revelation you will realize that there are more good things that are happening for you than the bad things that are happening in your life If God can give you a revelation, if you're hearing me right now, something good is happening in your life. You may not be where you want to be, but you're sure not where you used to be. If you can hear my voice right now, it means your ears are working. If you can see me right now, it means your eyes are working. Come on, it means your heart is beating. It means you can sit down. Your limbs are working. Something good is happening for you, and you can praise God for it in Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me give you the recipes of the journey. The reason I can lead well and pastor well is because I feed myself from goodness. The last time I checked, the gospel is known as the good news. Good news means good. But pastor, it's too good to be true. That's why it's the gospel. That's why he's Jesus. That's why he's God and I'm not. Feed from goodness. He is a good daddy. You have to feed from his goodness. Somebody shout hallelujah. I surround myself with people who feed me with goodness. If you come around me and you gossip, you probably won't won't make it a long time around me because that that toxic, that poison cripples you. Come on, I used to live there, bought the T-shirt goodness somebody said goodness learn to feed from good stuff be aware of good stuff oh come on somebody hallelujah Uh, I attract good things because I think about good things the bible says as a man thinks so he is somebody shout hallelujah somebody said the good life Come on, i release the good life over you in the name of Jesus. Something good is about to happen to you. Think about good things, expect good things. Come on, something good is about to happen to me this week. This week might as well be like Christmas week. Why not me? Why not you? Come on, why not you? Somebody this week is about to win the lottery. Somebody this week is about to win the lottery. I'm not talking about you. Oh, he's prophesying now. Please don't go to over there. See some believers over there. The new casino in town. I was at the casino ministering the word of God. Something good is about to happen to someone. Someone is about to win a lottery this week. In other words, something good. Somebody is about to get lucky somewhere someone who doesn't even believe in God you are a son of God why can't you expect something good to happen in your life in the name of Jesus come on I need somebody to celebrate the goodness of God in Jesus name it says flesh and blood has not revealed this to you it's God who's revealed to you in other words it takes revelation to see good things because we've been wired to only see the negative things We've been wired, you can come into a room like this. You can come into a church like this. How many people know this is a great church? We're in the second most unchurched city in all of America. And in three years, look at what God has done. This is a good church. You can come to a church like this in the first four weeks. Oh my God, I love everything about this church. I love bored people preaching to me. I just love that guy with the chocolate skin preaching. I love Sister Kathy. I love the couple, the the cruises. They welcome us. They're so cute. I just love everything about this church. Stay for two months. What are you saying now? Talk to me, somebody. Can you still say that after a year in this church? Why? It's going to take a greater revelation to find the good. Because we get used so quickly. And this is where we lose it. This is where we miss it. Flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. Uh, You are the Messiah. You are God with us. You are the best thing that can ever happen. You are Jesus. You're not Elijah. You're not John the Baptist. You're not Jeremiah. You're the son of the living God right here in our midst. Somebody shout hallelujah. So I break that curse in the name of Jesus. I know what I'm talking about. Listen, I came from the third poorest country in the world. I saw negative things, I saw all kinds of stuff, and I would always expect bad things to happen. Fear would grip me. Oh, thank God you've given me four kids. Now I'm scared, I'm expecting something to go bad. The first year of this church, can I be real with somebody in this place? The first year of this church, somebody told me, hey man, when you plant a church in Boston, you can expect crazy things to happen. So this church was breaking out and growing. I I was in a corner somewhere waiting for something bad to happen. Three years later, nothing bad has happened yet. And nothing bad is gonna happen. If something bad happens, it's happening because God has allowed it because God's going to use that thing to bring us to the next level. Only God can allow it to happen so it can make me better. Ah! For the Lord is good. Somebody say amen. Woo, my time is gone. Number one, great leaders are aware of the good things that are happening in their life. Number two, great leaders learn from the bad experiences they've had in their lives. Great leaders learn from the bad experiences they've had in their lives. According to, I'll just give you the scripture reference and I'll tell it to you. Luke twenty-two thirty-one. 31. Peter begins to tell Jesus, hey man, I'll never forsake you. I'm going to die with you. I'm going to jail with you. I'm, I'm there. I'm your dude, man. I'm there, right there with you. I'm lawyer, man. I'm going I'm to be there. Have you ever told yourself you're never gonna do something, you end up doing it? I'm never gonna date him, he's just, I don't like his teeth, he don't look right, he don't smell right, just something about him, and then one day you find yourself in his lap watching Netflix and chill. You're like, you know what, his teeth are okay, they're okay, they're... Just admit it, you say never. And it happened. I've heard people say, you know, I'll never get divorced. I'm not gonna be one of those. How many people know life happens? We're human. I've heard people people say I'll never I'll never be on drugs. I can't believe people do drugs. I I don't even get it. I don't understand why people can do drugs. I don't understand why people can do cocaine and all well, life happens. You don't know what opened them up to that. Church people, be gracious. You don't know why that person started shooting in their arm. You don't know what happened. Be gracious. Talk to me, somebody. Peter says, I'll never leave you, man. I'm with you. I'm right there. I'm going to be with you in one day. They take Jesus. Can you see him? And a young girl said, I saw you. You were with him. And Peter says, no, I was not with him. Matter of fact, i never seen this dude in my life before. <laughs> it's one thing to say, I wasn't with him. But the guy says, I was, I've never seen him before. He said he would never leave him. I'll go to jail with you. I'll die with you. Impact, great leaders learn from their mistakes. You will make mistakes. Just learn from the mistakes. Though. Don't repeat the mistakes. I cannot tell you as a pastor how many people make mistakes and never learn from them. Hallelujah. I was talking about something. I want to say it again. This week, my wife and I were doing some spring cleaning in the summer. <laughs> cleaning our house. And uh, we were both cleaning. We are just having a good time. We are playing music. We love to have fun at home. We're just just cleaning, having fun, and and we're picking up stuff, and we're looking at some pictures from from the past, back in the days when I used to look like Tupac. In this hairstyle, you're gonna look like Tupac. And she used to look like Britney Spears. We were so in love, Tupac and Britney Spears. We're just having a good time. And all of a sudden, I saw something that changed the atmosphere very quickly. I saw a picture frame that was broken into pieces. And if you're wondering who broke that picture frame, uh, it's some African guy who lives in that house. And it's your pastor. I'll never forget that day, you know, my wife is Italian, you know, so when she wants to say some things that that kind of punch you in the gut, she knows how to do that. So she said something and I was like, say that again. She looked me in the eye and said it again. All of a sudden, it wasn't me, Crystal, all of a sudden I felt this African chimpanzee rise on the inside of me, come out. Reach for the picture frame and shatter that bad boy. I could just say, wow. Now, impact, this Tuesday, my wife and I just celebrated 13 years of marital bliss. I love my wife so much. When you meet my wife, she's looking kind of tired. It's because she's been walking around in my heart. I feel the anointing of God right now. I mean, she's just amazing. We have an incredible marriage. If this was one of our marriage nights, I'd have said some things that will make you lose your mind. Amen. I love my wife. 13 years of marriage, four babies. And they were not conceived by prayer. <laughs> or oh, somebody will get that when they're driving home. <laughs> Timmy's looking down. <laughs> but can I tell you, we've gone through some dark seasons in our life, some dark days, where I lost my mind, tore up the house. I remember thinking, is that me? I said I was never gonna do that. I said, honey, I'm gonna open doors for you every single day. No, more like breaking things. Now, we have a great marriage now. I haven't broken anything in, I think, uh, let's think. In two weeks, no, no, just uh. (laughs) (laughs) No, I haven't broken anything in years, six, seven years, somewhere there. You know, we've been married 13 years, but we've had the best nine years of our lives. <laughs> first, the first four, I, I don't even remember being there. But we have a great marriage today because we've gone through some tough seasons. And here's the thing. I had no idea that she picked up the pieces of that frame because I broke that thing and I left. I had no idea that she picked up the pieces and kept it in a little plastic bag. So there we were, cleaning, having fun, and I saw that thing, and I remember the day. And I I just walked away. And you know you've seen something that shocks you because when you walk away, you walk away different. you just having fun. (laughs) You just just leave. You you don't walk normal, you just. And and I was really hoping she doesn't say anything about it. And she's so mature and nice now. Back in the day, she would rub it in my face. We just looked at that thing and we just moved on. Here's one thing, Dave. We will never be able to put that thing back together. It's broken to pieces, it's done. Yesterday is gone. But you know what? I learned from that thing. And our marriage is good today because I'm not going back there. Somebody shout hallelujah. You cannot change yesterday. But you can learn from it. You can learn from it. I I can't tell you how many people make mistake after mistake and never learn from it. I pray in the name of Jesus that God would soften your heart to learn from your mistakes. Somebody shout hallelujah. Let me read this scripture here. Listen, your pastor is African, so I'm going to go another one hour. (laughs) Now, don't worry. We'll close this thing now. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation. Let me tell you this, this generation is missing on this thing called godly sorrow. There's a difference between condemnation and godly sorrow. Condemnation is being sorry because you broke a law. Godly sorrow is being sorry because you hurt his heart. Condemnation is feeling terrible because you broke some law. But godly sorrow is feeling bad because you hurt his heart. That, that sexual immorality, that behavior broke your father's heart. It's not about legalism. And this is why millennials today in the house of God struggle with this. They don't want anyone to ever correct them because they say this is legalism. No, it's not legalism. I want you to receive godly sorrow so you can save your future. It's quiet in this church. Because if you can't feel that thing and feel sad for what you did, you will repeat again. You won't change. We have a generation that you don't want anyone to tell you that what you did was bad You need some people who love you enough and say, baby girl, baby girl, please don't do that again. You're hurting yourself. You're killing yourself. You're hurting your future. You need someone who can talk to you. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm so glad that, you know, God has raised me as a missionary in in this nation. Um, And I can speak things that are not popular in this nation because you don't hear teaching like this anymore. Somebody shout hallelujah. It's not about condemnation. It's about godly sorrow. You have to be willing to sit in and think about that mistake you made. Why did I do that? Why do I keep doing it? What do I need to do in order to change? And that's what's going to save you. You know, I wish my wife threw away that picture frame. But I think God allowed her to keep that thing because every time I see that thing, oh man, it feels uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. That's not condemnation, that's godly sorrow. The reason that has not happened again is because I remember that day. Before I saw that picture frame, I remember that day. I remember how miserable I felt. I remember what happened that day. Somebody shout hallelujah. I remember that day. Why do I remember that day? Because I slept in my office. TMI, okay. That's your pastor. But I've never repeated that mistake because I was willing to learn. Correction is not rejection, it is God's direction. Someone say Amen. All right. So Peter denies Jesus, but fast forward to the book of Acts, chapter 2, Peter is preaching to everyone publicly about Jesus. Someone say amen. I'll give you the last point, then we end here. Linton, you can come, because if you start playing, I'll finish sooner. Great leaders use pain as classroom for greatness. Great leaders use their pain as the classroom for greatness. You will go through pain, but are you allowing that pain to make you a victim or a victor? Yes, you're not happy how you were treated and things happen in your life, but are you allowing that pain to turn you into a victim or a victor? So impact in the next two minutes. I want to teach you the secret of leadership. Dave, you're a leader. LJ, you're a leader. All you guys here. Jeremy, you're a leader. Melissa, great leaders here. Crystal, great leader. Aki, great leader. Great leaders in this place. I want you to learn the secret of leadership. Here's the secret of leadership the strongest leader in the room is the one that can endure the greatest amount of pain and still get the job done that's leadership how much pain can you endure and still get the job done look at jesus he says ilo, ilo, father why have you forsaken me please Take this cup away from me. This is too painful. I don't want to do this. This is too much. I don't want to go on the cross. I don't want nails in my hands. I don't want to die. But at your will, I'll still get the job done. Great leaders are those that can endure the greatest amount of pain and still get the job done. Leadership is all about pain capacity. All about pain threshold. All about Pain management. How much pain can you manage and still get the job done? The difference between you and your boss is the level of pain. Your boss has been hired to endure a greater level of pain than you. That's why he's paid more money. You are paid at the level of pain that you manage. That's why doctors and lawyers make the most money. Why? Because they're kind of jobs. They're dealing with the greatest amount of pain. You are paid at the level of pain you can handle. And still get the job done. I wish you would know some of the things I go through as a pastor. You see I still have to stand here and preach the word of God. When it comes to impact church. I'm just talking about impact church. When it comes to impact church. I go through the most amount of pain because I'm the senior leader. Why? Because I got to deal with LJ. He's a good guy but I got to deal with him. I got to deal with Crystal. She's a good lady but I got. She's, she's got her own stuff like LJ has his own. I got to deal with everybody here. I got to deal with my wife. I got to deal with all the ministries here. That's pain. How many people know that's pain? But I have to go through all that and every Sunday I still have to give you the word of God because it's not about me. It's about somebody else who needs the help and who needs salvation. That's the definition of leadership. It doesn't matter what kind of week I had, I still have to stand here and deliver the word of God. Somebody say, Amen. That's leadership. How much pain can you manage and still get the job done? Leadership is all about pain capacity, pain threshold. There's Jesus is in pain is in anguish but still gets the job done why because pain is a classroom for greatness somebody stand if you can hallelujah we're raising leaders here at impact church We're raising leaders look at me impact I need some people who can go through pain and still get the job done I need some people who can, who can go through pain and still have some good news. Talk to me somebody. That's why we appoint leaders. You see, LJ is a leader of a production and media because what he's doing is taking away the pain that I'm supposed to go through in that area and he picks it up and lifts it up. Dave and Claudia are leaders, hospitality and operations. There's a level of pain. That's why every single day I pray for the leaders. Because they're carrying a weight. Somebody shout hallelujah. If you're complaining about the weight, you're not a leader. Because your assignment is to carry the weight. Carry the pain. But still get the job done. Somebody shout hallelujah. Let me teach you about leadership in this place. You can carry the pain. And still get the job done pain equity somebody say pain equity it's a pain equity pain capacity pain threshold so the question is dave how do i increase my pain capacity you only increase your pain capacity by going through pain so god allowed you to go through that pain in that leg because there's some big things in the future But you're on a smaller level of pain that could not handle where God is taking you. So he had to increase your pain. Put you in a room, stuck there, laying down, the leg up there. And you, by yourself. After Aki is gone, Pastor Zinz is not there. You're just staying there in pain. Why? Because God is increasing your pain equity. Because what he's bringing ahead of you is great. (laughs) So that pain is not there to crush you. It's not there to destroy you. You can choose to allow that pain to become your classroom. Somebody say amen. That's why you have a PhD. And the P in PhD is pain. Yeah, that's good, Amen. God was preparing you. This is a prophetic word directly to you. Your best days are ahead of you. Your best days are not behind that leg. No, God was stretching you. And he knows how to allow that. That's that's Romans 8.28. God will use anything. All things work together for the good, including pain. Because God never wastes anything. God will never waste that pain. He is stretching you feel like you're gonna die It's, It's stretching you he never gives you more than you can handle why he was increasing that pain equity so you can love those kids and i saw leaders make mistakes i saw pastors make mistakes i saw i went through pain i was mistreated by pastors i went through all kinds of stuff but every time i was mistreated every time somebody hurt me i said god i can be a good pastor one day and love on people you know why I love people because I studied I saw other people's pain and I saw how other people behaved and I allowed that to teach me somebody shout hallelujah every eye closed every hand lifted up let the fear of God rise in this room let the fear of God rise in this room if that's you and there's no godly sorrow let that go in you right now in the name of Jesus father we thank you for what you're doing we bless you we honor you we celebrate you We give you praise we give you praise every eye closed every head bowed down you can put your hands down i'm going to shout one two three and if that's you you've never said yes to jesus before when i count one two three i want you to throw your hand up and say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. Here we go. One, two, three. Hands, hands, hands.